0: Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. These are the words of God. That is from Acts chapter 3, verses 19 and 20. Welcome to As the Waters Cover the Sea. I am Adam Leposky. Uh, As the Waters Cover the Sea is a show that allows Christians to share powerful stories and testimonies of how God saved them and how he has worked in their lives with the goal of building up and encouraging believers in their faith as well as reaching the lost with the gospel message. So welcome. Uh, So today's show is going to be a little bit different. Um, I thought it was necessary though. uh, Given the times we live in, there's just so much confusion. There's so much uh, anger and, and hatred and And There's so much confusion about how we ought to live and um, Who we are and where we're going Um, So I I wanted to Wanted to do a show on why I believe in the god of the bible why I believe in the god of scripture Uh, And The short answer for this is that god changed my heart and my mind so that I would believe the bible says that Repentance leads to a knowledge of the truth Um, There was an early church father uh, Augustine Who said that understanding is the reward of faith Do not seek to understand in order to believe But rather believe that thou mayest understand And this is what happened in my case I trusted in Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior And he led me to a knowledge of the truth So I believe in the triune God of the Bible, the triune God of Scripture, because God changed my heart and my mind. But I would also tell you that I believe in the God of the Bible because of the impossibility of the contrary. It is impossible that the Bible is not true. Now, I'm sure that uh, a few of you are already up in arms and you're trying to think of ways to disprove me disprove this statement Um, but I would just encourage you to calmly consider what I have to say because this is really it's the most important thing that we can talk about in this life this conversation requires us to ask questions like who are we why are we here where did we come from where are we going now, in the West, for several decades, scientists have told us that in the beginning, in the beginning there was nothing. Nothing exploded and created everything. And this is impossible. Something that does not exist cannot create anything. R.C. Sproul used to say that if there was ever a time when nothing, exi- uh, when nothing existed, nothing would exist now now there are other scientists who have claimed that the universe created itself and this is another impossibility in order for something to create itself it would have to exist before it existed and you know it's interesting to talk about these things because we live in a day and age where people are always saying things like trust the science follow the science And someone like me who would challenge a scientific claim is labeled as anti-science. I want you to know that I am all for science. I think the modern scientific method is a wonderful blessing from God. But without criticism, the modern scientific method is no longer the modern scientific method. And if the scientific reasoning and methodology is sound, it should withstand any and all criticism. So, as I was saying, the Big Bang Theory has a lot of problems. There are logical and scientific problems with it. But people also get hung up on macroevolution and the idea that the Earth is billions of years old. They say, well, how can the Bible be true if if these things are true? So with macroevolution, it has been thought of as a proven fact for many years. Uh, But nothing could be further from the truth First, I think it's important to note the difference between micro and macro evolution Microevolution is a well-established fact and that is demonstrated by certain species Adapting and changing in response to its environment sometimes over a period a period of several generations This sort of evolution is clearly happening For example, a specific type of bird might grow a longer beak over several generations. And that's what's called microevolution. You know, macroevolution is the theory that one species will eventually turn into another species given enough time. But this theory has never been proven. It has never been observed in a lab or in nature. So oftentimes people will lay the skeletal remains of one species next to the skeletal remains of another, and they will say, well, that turned into that. This skeletal remains turned into the, you know, this species turned into this species. Mm -hmm. That might sound like a compelling argument, but it doesn't prove anything. Macroevolution is just a theory. Now, the other thing I wanted to touch briefly on is this idea that the Earth is millions and millions of years old. Now, I'm not going to dive deep into the issue, but I just want to point out that this type of science involves a lot of assumptions. For example, a scientist might say that it takes millions of years for a rock to form. And so the Earth must be millions and millions of years old without considering that the rock could have been created, fully formed. Or a scientist might say that it takes millions of years for the light from a star to reach across the universe and hit the earth. Therefore, the universe must be millions and millions of years old. But God could have created that star and that light is already shining across the universe. So the light could have been hitting the earth from across the universe when he created it. God didn't plant seeds in the ground and sit and wait for them to grow in the Garden of Eden. He created them to be fully grown and formed, just as he created Adam and Eve to be full grown human beings. He didn't create Adam and Eve as babies and wait 30 years to get started with his instructions. God created a grown-up universe, a grown-up Earth. So when you're thinking about scientists trying to calculate the age of the earth, imagine yourself walking into a room and you see a glass half filled with water and there's water pouring into the glass from the faucet. And you wanna figure out when the water started to fill the cup up with water. Can you figure that out? Can you do it? You walk into a room there's water already pouring into the cup when you walk in, and there's ar- the cup's already half full when you walk in, and so there's water flowing into it. And you want to figure out when that started. Can you figure, figure that out? Well, you run into problems, because you were not there at the beginning of the experiment. You don't know if the rate of water flow had remained constant before you entered the room you don't know if the water stopped at a certain point and restarted maybe the water stopped and then all the water evaporated and then the water flow started again and you don't know if you don't know if there was any water in the cup to begin with you have to make a lot of assumptions and you could never have full assurance that your conclusion is correct So I'm sure that the scientific community will continue to debate these things for years to come. And that's great, they should. Um, But I have to point out that, I, I feel like I have to point out that the atheistic worldview is completely impossible. It is inconsistent, it's incoherent. What these people claim is that we are the result of a cosmic accident, the result of an explosion. There's no rhyme or reason or meaning or purpose to life, it just is. So they cannot account for uniformity in nature. Which means they cannot account for the use of the scientific method in this worldview. At least not consistently. In order to use the modern scientific method, you need an ordered and law-like universe. If you think we are the result of a giant explosion, you have no reason to believe that the laws of nature will be the same in the next 10 minutes. You would have no reason to believe that electricity will make your light bulb turn on in the next 10 minutes. You would have no reason to believe that the gasoline in your car is going to have the same properties and function in the same way in the next 10 minutes. You would have no reason to believe that you can make water boil with fire, and you might just float up to the ceiling while you wait for your water to boil. We don't often think about it, and we take it for granted, but we live in a very orderly and a law-like universe. Many people forget that the modern scientific method came from the Christian worldview. That's not to say that all of those scientists were Bible-believing Christians, but the Christian worldview was ingrained in them. If you remember that Harvard, Oxford, Princeton, Yale, all these Ivy League schools were founded as Christian schools. And of course, they're not anymore, but the point is that the modern scientific method makes sense if you start with the God of the Bible. Uniformity in nature, the laws of nature that are fixed, makes sense if you start with the God who is holding all things together by the word of his power. The God who is a God of order, not a God of chaos. You need to start with the God who is the creator and sustainer of the universe. The God who carries the universe along to its intended destination. To make a scientific argument against God is to deny the preconditions that are necessary for science. This is not a random chance universe, and if it were a random chance universe, you would have no reason to believe even your own thoughts, and every emotion that you have would be meaningless. If our thoughts and, and emotions are just the result of chemical reactions and electrical signals in our brains, why would you believe your own thoughts? If our own thoughts are just a reaction or, re- or a response to internal and external stimuli, then those thoughts and emotions are meaningless. It's just brain fizz, and your brain fizzes differently than my brain fizzes so what would be the point of debate it's just a reaction happening in our heads but I think there's a whole lot more to it than that when you think about the love we have for our sons and our daughters for our brothers and for our parents is that just our brains fizzing or is that love meaningful this love that we have for one another makes sense because we are created in the image and likeness of God, the God who is love and shows us what love is. It can't be said enough times that this is not a random chance universe, but for several generations generations now, we have been taught that nothing Exists beyond what we can observe with our five senses or what we can measure We have been taught not to believe in anything that is immaterial because it's not logical to believe in such things But the laws of logic themselves are immaterial Laws of logic are immaterial unchanging and universal think about contradictions. Contradictions are contradictions everywhere and at all times. Human beings did not create the law of non-contradiction, and we can't change it. We may have given it a name, but it would be impossible for us to create a law of logic that is immaterial, universal, and unchanging. When we encounter contradictions, in life, it makes life confusing. And oftentimes we laugh at them. We laugh at, like, like comedians make jokes that have contradictions in them all the time. And we laugh, we laugh at the things that go against God's created order. Laws of logic make sense if they come from the mind of God. And We are created in his image and his likeness, so we use these laws of logic And and the law of contradiction is just one law of logic there are many But I hope you can see the absurdity of of trying to reason Trying to use reason and logic to disprove the existence of God Every attempt at using logic is a testimony to the fact that you are an image bearer of God. Cornelius Van Til used to say that the unbeliever is like a child who slaps his father in the face, but he has to sit on his father's lap in order to do it. Once again, this points to the structure and order of the universe. This is a law-like universe. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom The Bible says that in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge Jesus says that the one who hears my words and does them will be like the wise man who built his house on the rock Christ is the only foundation and all other ground is sinking sand But we have largely given up our foundation in the West, and it leads to chaos and insanity. We have an identity crisis in the West. We don't know who we are. We don't know where we come from. We don't know where we're going because we don't know who God is. You know, just one more topic I would want to touch on would be morality. You know, one of our greatest temptations is to decide for ourselves what is right and what is wrong. But by doing this, we put ourselves in the place of God. There are moral absolutes in this world. Some people deny this nowadays, but they don't live that way. If someone lies to them, they are upset. If someone gossips about them, they are offended. If someone steals their car they call the police. If a friend is murdered they cry out for justice. In order to call anything evil you need to have an absolute standard for what is good. Otherwise it's just arbitrary. Just whatever you feel. Evil goes against the very nature of God. And God is the giver of life. Every time we sin It is rebellion against the God who breathes life into us. Rebellion against God leads to emptiness, pain, suffering, confusion, and death. The obedience that comes from faith leads to life, flourishing, prosperity, and justice. Morality makes sense if you start with the God of the Bible. it makes sense because we have these fixed laws that we can't change i can't decide that if the law lo- i can't decide that the law of murder is right or wrong for me it's wrong regardless of how i feel about it so we live in a law like universe there are laws of nature laws of physics there are laws of logic there's laws of math there's order and structure in music. If your piano is out of tune and you start playing, it sounds horrible and chaotic. There's, there's structure and order in the music that we listen to, and, and when it's orderly, when the music is orderly, it's beautiful. There's structure and order in everything. So it's interesting because the person who tries to disprove the God of the Bible will use moral arguments while giving up the preconditions necessary for morality. He will use logical arguments while giving up the preconditions necessary for logic. And he will use scientific arguments while giving up the preconditions necessary for science. The most insane thing we can do is reject the God who created us. The world we live in makes sense if you start with the creator and sustainer of the universe. If, if we are the result of a cosmic explosion, just random chance, everything's random, we're just bags of protoplasm bumping into each other, you can't account for anything can't account for science, you can't account for the laws of logic that are immaterial, universal, unchanging. You can't account for fixed laws of morality. Morality would just be arbitrary. But no one lives that way because we are created in the image and likeness of God. Now I know some of you are probably thinking, "How do you know you have the right God?" And there are so many religions, and uh, it, you know, I wish I had time to go into all that. But you know, I've been rambling for a little while, so um, I'll, maybe I'll do that on another show. We'll do that another day because uh, that'd be fun to talk about too. Um, but the short answer. As to how how do you know you have the right God is, you know, what, what the Bible says is it's not a lack of knowledge. It's not a lack of revelation. The Bible says that everyone knows God, but we suppress the truth in unrighteousness, in our sin. The Bible says that what can be known of God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they they are without excuse. The Bible says that the heavens declare the glory of God and all of creation is shouting to us about God's glory. But in our sin we suppress the truth. Because we want our sin and not God. We don't understand the depths of our own sin, and we don't understand the sinfulness of our own sin. We don't understand the depths of the evil within us until God shines his light into our hearts. And we will all stand before God on the day of judgment. And our own good works, our own good deeds are like filthy rags before God. We are completely and utterly hopeless without Jesus. Jesus is God over all. He entered into his own creation. He became a man to live the life that we could never live. Without sin. And God the Father laid on him the sin of all who would believe. Jesus took the punishment onto himself. Every single sin that has ever been committed will be punished, because God is just. And that sin is either punished in hell for all of eternity, or it it was laid onto Jesus on the cross. Hell is not a joke, it's not a game. Jesus said that in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth He called hell the outer darkness And on the cross we should see the wrath of God and we should also see the love of God Jesus took our place on the cross and that is why he is the only way He died and rose again from the dead Jesus is king over all things And he offers forgiveness and eternal life to all who believe This is a free gift to everyone who receives him This world is so messed up But Jesus is making all things new He will restore this world to the paradise that it is meant to be And he will wipe away every tear from our eyes there will be no more suffering no more sorrow no more pain and no more death only fullness of joy in the presence of the god who loves you the bible says awake o sleeper and rise from the dead and christ will shine upon you Okay, so we are out of time for this episode. Um, If you're interested, uh, my book is called Make Straight His Paths. It's my own story of drugs, alcohol, addiction, and psychosis, and how Jesus pulled me out of the darkness and into the light. You can check that out on thebookpatch.com. Go to the bookstore and search the keywords, Make Straight His Paths. You can also follow me on Instagram. Please share the show with someone who needs to hear it. Um, And in this way, you can partner with me in sharing the gospel message. The goal of this podcast is the Great Commission, uh, which is to disciple the nations. And I believe we need to preach the gospel until the knowledge of God fills the earth as the waters cover the sea. Thank you, and God bless. Thank you.